Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning, sir. Good morning, Sir Alan of the Round Table. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, I'm you, tired. You look even even better. Yeah, look even tireder -der. Well, Is that it, what you're trying to say? It's, a, it's hard to say. It is. It's, well, a lot yeah. of R's yeah. with that. But speaking of R's, R's one yes. thing that's keeping us going yes. here. No. We we were told that we had to do Cheers. a promotional uh, yeah. advertisement for our uh, Arbucks coffee. See, I got my Mandalorian cup right there. Yeah, and yeah. I got a a thing here that's Generic not that Black Yeti. Yeah, yeah, but it works real well. Yeah, hey, keeps stuff hot. I think Cold. I got salted a caramel brown sugar something or other maple it's something delicious. Yeah. It's yeah. delicious. I can't. I, I went with you. the blueberry today. The you know that's the house coffee. You would. Yeah, and the other coffee's pretty much just whatever's in rotation that week. So it's wonderful. You at the bottom of the barrel. And, and you know, Arbucks, when we went to get our delicious, delicious coffee, yeah. they've got uh, decorations up because it's... It's Christmas. It's just before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. This probably air a little bit after that. But yeah, for us right now here, it's a, we're in the Christmas spirit. The, the Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to yeah. you, sir. And to our listeners table. at home. That's right. Yeah, that's viewer. Right. The, the Thanks, viewer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hardworking staff here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters has decorated it nicely. There's the trees and yeah. lights and and tinsel and that's the nerd tree over there that's the one with all the star trek and star wars ornaments yeah yeah that and, was by request and, and yeah disney yeah 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 it's about half and half star trek star wars because you know we're still on the fence just <laughs> you're just really like look we're here and you're yeah. we're almost done with the podcast i know you want to cause a I schism know. i know like that's what you're doing yeah <clears throat> all right let's reboot this yeah that's <laughs> crazy we're almost done with this podcast i know yeah i know this is this is where well, should i tell them what we're doing today yeah i mean whatever yeah i mean, I mean we're here well, we as might well. as well the folks hold on because this is season <laughs> seven episode one can you even believe it 2017 oh. not to be confused with the current year you're listening to this nor the year in which this was shot which is 2015 right but if you remember at the end of season six they jump forward that's right basically three years roughly three years yep yeah yep. so uh, we we kick off episode one titled 2017 in 2015 so don't get confused just play along at home trust me on this yeah 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 math is hard well, you know, Alan, yeah. uh, b before we launch into the, the, the show proper, we should we should probably tell our loyal viewers, um, you know, what's been going on with uh, Harvey and Constantine. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. OK, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So everyone in preparation for season seven, which mm -hmm. we just mentioned, jumps forward into yep. the future. Uh, you know, we at the our R&D department, we engage them, you know, as we often do. And they gave us some crap about it. But they said, hey, yep. yeah, you know. We said, look, it would be great if we could kind of just blow our remaining budget. We've I mean, only it, got like it, 10 it's episodes. Use it or left. lose it. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. We're not getting pixelation. Let's use it for something. And, and they were good with that. But yeah. then, then they said, fine, on what? And I said, time travel. Not your best moment, but okay. But hey. you know, it's thematic. <laughs> It, it goes along with the theme. And and yeah. we are method actors, if nothing else. Well, so we true. thought, we thought in our crazy heads, we thought, why don't we mm. send Harvey and Constantine into the future <laughs> to gather, <laughs> to stay with me, to, ga right. to gather some information for us. And maybe in the process, those two, like in a buddy, like a buddy trip movie. Buddy like, comedy. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they could start getting along. Like that was a thought. 
Well, you know, and if this is successful, think about it. What might they bring back from the future? Well, they've already sent back some stuff. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Well, you know, so the, on that front, there is some good news and some bad news. Yep. The good news is that, you know, like season seven of Parks and Rec, yep. we managed to send them three years into the future. We did. And they've actually managed to send back some information regarding future technology. Which is fantastic. It's terrific. But now, there is the bad news, which is- Why are you always going to go to the negative? Because, look, I am, I am, a, I am a fair and balanced- uh, oh my God! Reporter type person, sure. Uh huh. And so, yeah. Uh, the, there's bad Fair news, and we got to talk about it. Okay, uh, go ahead. Well, what's is, the bad news? Mark? Well, they're stuck. Yeah. So, we, oh. so going forward, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. And now they're like, well, now what? And we're like, I don't know. So now they're they're stuck there, and we we are trying to get them back. Sure, of course. We haven't stopped trying, and I have every confidence that we will eventually uh, succeed. All right. So, yeah. Well, I mean, again, kind of back on the good news yeah. side of the things, right? Yeah. We found out that fortunately the information they've sent back regarding all these future technologies mm -hmm. has actually allowed us to build. And Okay. You remember we talked about this in the past. We just made a joke, like right. in passing, totally right. made a joke about Robonstantine. And Carvey. And then the, the anti-Robonstantine robot Carvey. Yeah. And for us, that was funny. It's funny. Well, technically now- uh, those are real things, and they're now able to sub in for our actual interns who are stuck in the future. They're stuck in the future, and yeah. and all, so in addition to that, now there is the possibility that the Robonstantine and or Carvey may go on a murder rampage. Well, yeah, I've seen I've the, seen all those movies, the Terminator series. Yeah, yeah. I know what happens with Skynet. Yeah. But let's just let's just see how this goes. All right. Well, you know, I'm an optimist. So, uh, Mark, what do you think? We should we power on Robonstantine and see how this goes? Yeah, we should power him on. He's he's powered by a nuclear reactor. Well, sure. So you may let's we need to step back. It's like the flux capacitor. Yeah, but he's really dangerous. Like, oh. let's step back a little bit. All right. Like, okay. All right. I'm, all right. All right. Here we go. Covering all my parts. Go. Robonstantine online. Well, uh, uh, there you go. All right. Yeah. Uh, please don't murder us. Yeah. No murdering. All right. Well, let's see how this goes today, Mark. We can, right. we can yeah. shut them down if we have to, right? You got the codes? Or did that not come back with the information? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. We can well, do that. Wish us luck, everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the episode in Please. hand. Then. All right. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, episode uh, 7.1 there, 2017, yeah. first aired January 13th, 2015. Yeah. That so, was like two days before my birthday. So there, from the end of season six to this, yeah. there was like half a like, year of nothing. Six months. Right. Basically. Yeah. Right. Was Amy pregnant again? I, I meant to look this up before the show. And I, I normally I'm lazy. And I just say, hey, Harvey or Constantine, whoever's up that week. I'm like, hey, look it up for me. But I didn't even know how to turn on Robonstantine. So I didn't get a chance to look. <laughs> no, you don't want to turn on Robonstantine. No. Uh, I don't think she was. I, I but think I can't remember. I feel like we heard Mike talk about this or Amy talk about this at Paley Fest one of those years where they weren't sure they were getting season seven. And once they did, they knew that was going to be it. So, and they knew it was going to be a half season. I so think, I, think I think that's, that's why. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think yeah. you're right. I think that makes sense. Uh, and that, that's this episode was directed by Dean Holland. Oh, I like He's, him. I love him. Yeah. He, he was their most prolific director by far with the, you know, the gold megaphone there. Yeah. And uh, this is his 25th of 27. So like. He's getting to the end. Well, there's an, I've got a new thing today when we do our tropes, fun facts and yeah. stuff. 
I've got our saying goodbyes section. Oh. We're going to track who we're saying goodbye to for each of the remaining episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to look at that. And uh, this, we shouldn't forget who the golden pen goes to. Who gets the golden pen? They had to get two of them this week. Uh, One went to Alan Yang and the other went to Matt Murray. This is Alan's last episode, 16 of 16. Wow. As a writer, uh, still a producer, of course. And Matt Murray, his fourth of four. So those guys are, you know, this is their last golden pen. I'm sure they're going to tear up when we hand it to them. This is their swan song. They're... Not to be confused with Ron Swanson. Yeah. This is their swan song. Right. Good yeah. job, guys. Yeah. Nice job. Well, hey, Mark, well, let's just jump right into our synopsis season. 20 minutes later. I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah. I will. Uh, I uh, split this sucker up into meet more uh, three stories. Ah, Correct. Nailed sir. it. Yeah. Completely nailed it. All right. You thought we were high tech when we just had the dings. Now we got like real robots. Like nuclear robots. <laughs> I'm just a little scared, I can be honest. I know, that's the bad part. Anyway. I'm still covering my garage. It doesn't, like, it doesn't. Anyway, so <laughs> no, the, the A story is uh, the A story that I entitled, uh, I called it Land Ho. I like that. Which is kind of a callback a to callback. the season six finale. Terrific. But it actually fits here. It does. Kind of. Why does it fit, Mark? I will, I'm going to tell you. All right. All right. It is. <clears throat> Continuing a few seconds after the season six finale concludes, we see Leslie and Ben exit the elevator and make their way to an assembly in council chambers where lawyer Trevor Nelson, on behalf of Jessica Wicks, announces the Newport Family Trust intends to sell a 25 square mile parcel of land. While Leslie wants the land for a new national park, tech company Grizzle wants it for a new Pawnee campus. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, Grizzle has hired Ron, who is now a private business owner running the very good building and development company. Look at that. You're actually wearing it. I got the shirt today. You're such a delightful nerd. I love it. During the City Hall Assembly, Leslie and Ron see each other, and it is clear they are not on good terms and have not Mm. been on good terms for quite some time. Mm. Leslie learns the land will likely sell for around $90 and with only... Two to four million available to her, she realizes she cannot go toe to toe with mm. Grizzle financially. Later that night at the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala honoring Ben, Leslie confronts Ron about stealing Tom and Donna away from her because Tom's looking to build a new restaurant on the Grizzle campus and, yeah. and Regal Meagle Realty was hired by Ron yeah. to broker the deal. Yeah. And when Ron brings up something called Morningstar, Uh-oh. Leslie flies into a rage. Uh-oh. What will happen? Why are Leslie and Ron fighting? Can Leslie raise enough money to compete with Grizzle? Is there any other strategy Leslie can employ? What is Morningstar? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, visually, we should remind people that like when we jump forward at the end of season six and episode 22, basically... They're, they're in a rush. Leslie's got bangs. Things are clearly different because we're in the future and you get bangs in the future. And Ben's in, I a, do. in a tux. Yeah. Well, I did too. And now they all fall out. But yeah, that's a sad story for another day. But uh, Ben's in a tux. And, and you, like you said, this starts off like seconds later. Ben's still in the tux. We yep. don't know why he's in a tux. All this, it's well, like kinetic energy. L- literally, season six ended up with them going into the elevator. Ah, season seven coming opens out. with them coming out. It's brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. So, and again, Grizzle's the theme, right? Yep. So 
my my A story title was Grizzle Me This Sad Batman. Nice, nice. <laughs> oh, on so many levels that works. It's like nine levels of deep. Well, well done, Maestro. Thank you. Thank you. What was your B story, Mark? B story incoming. All right. Uh, I entitled my B story as uh, clearly functional and not funny. Resisting normality. Sure. Meh. But true. Not? Yeah, it's true. Now here in 2017, we see April and Andy living a stable, normal life together. And in many ways, this could be considered a good thing. However, the day of the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala, April looks around and has a bit of a panic slash epiphany moment. She and Andy have gone from spontaneous and weird to boring and organized, Mm. at least in her opinion. Sure. Andy hugs her and assures her, no, 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 that's not true. We're still young. We're still fun. We're still crazy. And he promises that they're going to prove it that night at the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala. When April and Andy arrive at the gala, they immediately start brainstorming various crazy things that they can do, but appear to appear to have some difficulty when their acquired uh, maturity and sensibilities take some steam out of their actions. Finally, Andy comes up with the perfect solution that can't fail. He's going to streak stage oh boy how will this turn out will andy streak the stage as planned does april feel better after the gala what happens the following day that turns their lives around stick around podcast viewers all will be revealed dot 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 nice job mark i'll say that maybe my creative juices waned a bit here in the middle yeah me too mine just called uh although it's kind of like it's april and andy in snoozeville Oh, see, yours is better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not better, just different. Yeah. In a better way. Snoozeville, I think, is the district that Dexart is in charge of. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. There is one with all the raccoons and, and batteries. car batteries. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. that's the one. I love it. All right. So sea story? Sea story incoming. Yeah. Uh, again, my creative juices are done. Uh, yeah. I called it Black Tie Ben. <laughs> I kind of like it. <laughs> so though. there you go. Yeah. All right. And, and we've alluded to this in the prior two stories, but yeah. Ben is being honored at the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala, which is a black tie event taking place the night that we start season seven. And ironically, 2017 was the Bicentennial for Indiana. So they were on it in that regard. Yes. They did some research. Yeah. And and this, so this gala is taking place honoring Ben for all of his work uh, organizing festivities for uh, the celebration of Pawnee's 200th year. Uh, Tom, who has done extremely well with Tom's Bistro and is, is a successful business owner, is scheduled to introduce Ben at the gala. Given Tom's track record, Ben is a little nervous about how Tom's introduction oh, will go, despite weird. Tom assuring him everything will be fine. That night at the event, Tom gets on stage, begins speaking at the microphone, and at first everything seems to be going well. But then we see Tom put away the cards with his planned speech and he starts using the stage time in front of Pawnee's Rich and Famous to promote himself. Huh. What will happen? Does Tom course correct during his introduction speech? Will the rest of the gala go well for Ben? Can Tom make amends with Ben for grabbing the spotlight for himself? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. I love it. My, uh, my C story title, uh, Mark, was... Uh... Man of the Tear. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, it's apropos, and we'll explain why as we get into it. That's so. right. Well, hey, Mark, uh, did you do one of them there, AKAs, this week? I know I did one. 
I, they I tried to do nine, rules. but uh, I follow the yeah. rules. I did one. You did one. I did one. You extra followed the rules. Well, you know, you. Th- I, I felt this week was a little bit hard to find, like just like the good AKA. Mm. Yeah. So I'm interested in that. Mine it was from my uh, my man crush, Ron Swanson. Mine too. And, and it's where in the very, as a matter of fact, I think we're going to hear it in the cold open. And it's when. Uh, don't tell me we have the same line. We, we, we could. I don't know. Uh, it, so it's when uh, Leslie, he, he, you know, they're being very cold and terse to each other. And, oh, and he's yeah. like trying to say something to her. And he's like, you, you have nice hair. Cause he's, it doesn't know, even know what else to say. Right. And she's like, I or, or no, he says you have the same hair, yeah, same hair. Yeah. And she's like, I do not. I have bangs now. And now he's getting mad <laughs> and he fires back. He goes, I've never known what bangs are. And I don't intend to learn. So that's my AKA. <laughs> Very nice. Mine is different. My, mine's okay. during uh, Ron's conversation with Mike Bean, where they're like, think they're just like talking baloney about the sky and stuff. And it's like, yeah, the trees and the rocks and the sky is nice here. And then, yeah. So Ron says, Yes, the land has good sky. <laughs> <laughs> so very wrong. Yes, very good. I like yours better, yeah, actually. They're both good. So, well, hey, Mark, uh, gosh, that, that I think it's time for the breakdown. It is time for the breakdown. So let's right, get we'll into break it, it down. and get nutty. All right. Uh, cold open incoming. Um, so, Alan, we opened this final season of parks and recreation with our first cold open in the future. I don't know why I did that. We, we see something that is rare, but not unheard of. We yeah. see a quick black screen with white lettering that says the year 2017. Mm. The screen goes away. We hear an elevator bell ding. And then we see Leslie and Ben step out of the elevator that they got into at the end of season six finale. Leslie and Ben then start making their way down the hallway in a classic West Wing style Love walk it. and talk. Um, okay, here we go. Let's try this. Oh, what? Uh, Real Boston team? Can you play the cold open for us? No, just, just play the clip, please. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there were rumors that they were going to announce it next month, but they must have gotten impatient. Okay, whatever they say, we need to come up with 10,000 possible responses to 10,000 possible scenarios. Okay, just to remind you, I don't work for the National Park Service. Yeah, yeah, how are those scenarios coming? <laughs> okay, look, before we go in there, you need to know something. He's here. Who's here? The guy whose name you forbid me from saying out loud because it fills you with rage. <clears throat> I don't know who he's working for, but I guess he's part of one of the bidding groups. Are you going to be able to be civil in there? I'm perfectly civil. He's the stupid garbage head doo-doo face. Perfect. Got him. Thank you all for coming. I am Trevor Nelson, legal counsel to the Newport family. The Newport Family Trust intends to sell a 25-square-mile parcel of pristine, undeveloped land containing Lake Eagleton and the southern Indiana foothills. Why now? The Newports have owned this land for 100 years. Thanks to the recent economic boom in Pawnee, real estate prices are at an all-time high. And in the words of Jessica Wicks, Newport, heir to the entire Newport fortune, quote, it's time to trade those dumb old trees for a buttload of cash. <laughs> it is. It truly it is. is. This land is begging to be a new national park, and it's in my own backyard. This could be my crowning achievement. I could retire. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm going to work until I'm 100 and then cut back to four days a week. Oh, God, I'm already so bored thinking about that one day off. Oh, maybe I'll go to law school or something. <laughs> we will select the finalists from a set of initial sealed bids due at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Good luck. Okay. Cool. There he is. What? Okay. He's here? He is coming over. I don't want to talk to him. I should hide. No, right. he should. Oh, no. He should run. He should run away. He should hide his stupid face. He shouldn't be. Oh, no. 
Hello, Miss Nope. Hello, former strange person I used to friend. <clears throat> You're looking very Ron-like. You have your same hair. No, I don't. I have bangs now. I've never known what bangs are, and I don't intend to learn. Well, maybe you should. I left the Parks Department two years ago. Now I work in the private sector, running my own building and development company. It's called Very Good Building and Development Company. I wanted to convey the quality of our work without seeming flashy. Seems right. So yeah. your company is involved with one of the bidders? Hell yeah, pimp. <laughs> He's on Team Grizzle now. We uh, hired his company to help plan and build our new Grizzle campus right here in town. Oh, and that land. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. The trees and rocks and sky. Yes, the land has good sky. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is so far out. So normcore. You know that the National Park System deserves this land. Why are you trying to screw me? This is like Morningstar all over again. <laughs> this is nothing like Morningstar, and that was two years ago. Well, you don't know who you're dealing with. I directly oversee 1,200 people. I have a staff of creative geniuses that will not stop working until we win this bid. Leslie, I, I couldn't find that file you wanted, but I did find a file called Bird Census 1980. And it's empty. Get out of here, Ed! I fired you! Right. If anybody wants to hang, I will be at Subway. <laughs> He's very stupid. <laughs> oh, man. What, what a great throwaway cameo, though. So two things occur yeah. to me, Alan. One is, I think I made a mistake in, in our coverage of the season six finale because I listed john ham as the so long category you did, but i didn't yeah. realize he would be yeah. coming back i'm wrong he is a I wonderful mean, little cameo i'm i'm probably certain they filmed it at the same time i think you're right i mean because leslie had the same bangs already so well yeah yeah that's what you do in the future that's what you do in the future yeah the other thing i wanted to point out is with the exception of the cold open for the season six premiere london mm which ran four minutes and 15 seconds. See, you already answered my next question. This is the longest cold open at three minutes and 20 seconds that we have ever had. And it is the longest cold open that we've ever had without us breaking it up into separate scenes. Oh, that's true. And, and was London a producer's cut to get all four minutes? No. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, this one feels long in a good way, but yeah, it's crazier to think there's one even longer. Now, we should Four say wow. London wasn't a, quote, producer's cut, but it was a double, double size episode, which is yeah. like a beyond a producer's cut. Yeah. But what that means is that they technically aired it in two parts, you know, per, you know, Nielsen or whatever. Right. Back in the day. Freaking Nielsen. Right. And all four minutes of that cold open went in episode one, though, which is crazy if you think about it, because there's oh, yeah. only 17 more minutes to go. Four minutes of it was a cold yeah, open. Basically, 20% of the show yeah. was done yeah. before we even had the title screen. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. But both excellent cold opens and this one especially good. So Agreed. Yeah. Get out of here, Ed. Freaking Ed. I'm going to go to Subway and hang. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. I would totally hang with Ed. I would Ed. hang with Ed. I, I need somebody who makes me feel smart. I just want to know about the bird senses. <laughs> oh, the file's empty. Never mind. Yeah. You won't know. No, I we won't. don't know. Well, Mark, from the cold open, we head over to April and Andy's house where the couple are getting ready for the big gala. And we get a chance to see what has become of Andy's little weekend gigs in the last three years. That's right. So we now cut to April and Andy's house, a.k.a. where Ben used to live. 
aka the residence formerly known as Burley's, aka Tref Cab. Tref Cab. Get it. Catch the fever. Yeah. All right. So at Tref Cab, we see April sitting on the couch in a fancy dress, scrolling through a a futuristic, uh, transparent device, Mm. uh, looking at a news feed containing dogs and their associated information, presumably, I'm assuming, for animal control or something like that. Anyway, we then see Andy walk in. He just dropped off Leslie and Ben's triplets at Grandma's house, Marlene Griggs, nope. And Grandma apparently thought they could use a slow cooker, which Andy carries in with one arm. The other is still in a sling. Mm. April tells Andy to hurry up and get ready for the gala, which starts in about an hour. We then get a talking head from Andy where he tells us how great things are. You know, here in the future where you have banks, April's working full time at her national parks job. Andy works there as well, part time. And when he's not working there, he has his own little TV show called the Johnny Karate Super Awesome Musical Explosion Show. And then we see a few clips from the show, which seems in my opinion, Alan, it seems like fun, silly, and somewhat reminiscent of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, very much And so. complete with the show's own letter courier, Mailman Barry, huh. played by Jerry. Oh, weird. Who apparently routinely gets beat up by Andy's little ninja helpers. <laughs> <laughs> apparently they couldn't get... Uh, who, who was it on Pee-wee? It was uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Apparently he wasn't available for the Johnny Crotty super awesome hour, though. Oh, that guy chewed up the scenery. He was great. <laughs> Jerry does a pretty good job, though, too. He does. He he knows where to protect when the little ninja helpers uh, come in. Yeah. Okay, everyone, three kicks each and you're oh done. Oh, my God. In the crotch. <laughs> What was funny is it's like, you know, he's like, he's Johnny Karate. Well, right. And, and, and Mailman Barry comes in and says, hi, Johnny Karate. I have mail for you. Right. And then he's like, and I got something for you, Mailman Barry. And he's like, Andy, oh, no. no. Like, he calls him Andy. Like, like he breaks character. Like, no, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, don't do this. Wait, he's not a professional actor. No, is that he's what you're not. Saying? No, That's he's weird. Up. Huh. Well, we now head back over to City Hall where the official announcement proceedings are over. And Leslie does her best to plant a seed with Jessica. The problem is that Jessica waters her plants with money. Mm. Mm. It works. It does. They look beautiful. (laughs) I I can't blame her for it. It's not a bad plan. Well, we now cut to City Hall, uh, where we see Jessica Wicks, heir to the Newport Fortune, walking through the hallway. And then we then see Leslie briskly walking out into the hallway to catch her. And Leslie talks to Jessica for a bit about the Newport parcel of land. And we have the following takeaways. A. Trevor the lawyer told Jessica the land will probably sell for around 90 million. B, Leslie asked Jessica if the government could have a discount and Jessica doesn't exactly say no, but she doesn't seem real on board with the idea. Money supports her lifestyle. It's not Leslie, Leslie, it's money. It's money, yeah. Mm, Uh So it was worth a shot. Yeah, hey, you know what? So it's interesting too that Jessica alludes to that she and Leslie have always been kind of friends. Yeah, no, we haven't. <laughs> Leslie said, no, no, no that didn't true. happen. But I thought it was interesting for Jessica to say that at all. I just kinda... it's, it's rather jam-like in nature. It, you know what? That's a very good reference. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like they just don't see it. The the Yeah. Yeah. So would they, if we called their characters, you know, not the actors, but the characters and said, hey, we're putting together a list of Leslie's enemies, would they, would they see why we're calling them? No. Like, do you want me to help find them? That's terrific. I love that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, over at Tom's Bistro, Tom has perfected the art of the humble brag, and Ben expresses some concerns about his introduction at the gala this evening. That's right. We now cut over to Tom's Bistro, where we see Tom. It's hopping. It's completely hopping. 
on one foot even. <laughs> we see Tom being interviewed by a woman named Janet Trungle. Mm. Fun with names. I love names. Um, we learn via a brief talking head from Tom that A, he was listed as one of Indiana Business Monthly's 35 under 35. B, Tom's Bistro is a smash hit. C, he also now owns two fast casual eateries plus the Tommy Chopper. Which what what is what did he describe the Tommy Chopper as? It was uh, um I'm trying to remember. Oh, I know what it was. Is that they chop out salads <laughs> in a decommissioned army helicopter. That's right. I mean, thematically, it's brilliant. Yeah, I kind yeah, of is. I want a salad there, especially I can get some extra protein on top. Mm. Yeah, because I'm vegetarian and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, sad. I wonder life. if they th serve thickets. Um, we then see Ben walk in to talk to Tom, as you mentioned, Alan, uh, about his introduction that Tom's going to give at the Pawnee yeah. Bicentennial Gala that night. He wants Tom to keep it brief, and he, he would like him to uh, stick to uh, Ben's financial or fiscal accomplishments. Excuse me. Uh, in typical Tom fashion, he tells Ben, you're incredibly boring, and don't worry, it'll be, it'll be, it's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll all work out. It'll all work out. Yeah, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, back over at Tref Cab, mm -hmm. April and Andy have an epiphany and suddenly realize that they have made the quiet transition into adulting. Mm, <sighs> that sucks on ice. It really does. Yeah, we now cut back to Tref Cab, where we see April standing next to the slow cooker, talking with Andy about when their busy schedules would allow them to cook and enjoy a brisket, maybe streaming a movie at home. And all of a sudden, April... Ah! shrieks out loud and she throws the slow cooker manual down and Andy becomes alarmed and he goes into a karate stance, but he can only go into karate stance with one arm because his other arm's yeah. in a sling. Yeah. And he's still at a karate stance. And then in a horrified April tells Andy they are planning their lives like old, boring people. A far cry from the spontaneous, weird youngsters they used to be. They held out as long as they could, but it's, it's finally happened. They are now boring people who will bore each other by being boring. <laughs> Andy embraces April and tells her, no, 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 we're still young and fun, and we're going to prove it tonight at the gala. We are going to do something spontaneous and weird. I love it. Yeah. I also love that when uh, she screamed, we all just assumed that, including Andy, that the room was going to be filled with ninjas again. Yeah. Yeah. And usually, mailman Barry would be there as the buffer. Well, right. And he is not. He's not. So now you got to so worry. Andy's got to use his one good arm. Yeah, they'll climb yeah. you. <laughs> they really will. <laughs> we also learned how he got his arm in a sling. Oh, that's true in this scene. Yeah. Because April says, because she's lamenting yeah, yeah. about how old how they are. And she's like, are. she said, yeah. you sprained your shoulder just trying to clean out the freaking gutter. Mark, it's so sad and true. I can, yeah, that happened to me too. This is going to say, <laughs> like, because you're scooping with one arm that whole time. It happens to me and I don't even clean out the gutter. I just like, <laughs> I just, I just reach down for Aren't an orange juice popcorn or something. into your mouth or something. It, it takes more strength than you realize it, it when does. you have as big a bowl as well, I do. Well, that's true. And it's caramel co cover, covered it's and that gets heavier. It's heavier. It's, it's more it's dense. so heavy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, Mark, we now finally move over to the gala venue where the events have yet to start and where it turns out the overprepared Leslie might be slightly underprepared in the fight for the soul of Pawnee. Well, thank God she has the full support of the native peoples of Pawnee, <laughs> <laughs> represented by Ken Hotate. That's right. It's a little later that night, and the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala has officially started. And we see Leslie and Ben standing with several of Leslie's most important employees, giving them instructions. Mm. All right. Here, hey, Robonstantine? Uh, play the clip, please. Uh-oh. 
What did you say to me? Oh yeah? Come over here and say that. Hey. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Uh -uh. oh, okay, okay. Easy, easy, easy. Look, look, play the clip when you're ready. There's a nice can of oil back at your desk, okay? Yeah, you go going back to your desk there and play the clip uh, whenever you want. Okay, buddy? That was a close one. You're an idiot. Yeah. Let's play the clip. Yep. Get on the phone to Washington, call in every favor that we have. Dave, put Missouri on the back burner. This is top priority. You all have 36 hours to find me $90 million. Go! Whoa, $90 million? Well, I only have $2 million in the discretionary fund, and I've already used some of it to make Thomas Jefferson sexier in those Mount Rushmore promotions. Mm. Which, by the way, attendance has been up. That's not a coincidence. Mm. Honey's rich and famous. We'll all be here tonight. Maybe you start there. That is a very smart idea. And that tuxedo makes you look like a sexy orchestra conductor. Here, wave this pen around. Focus. Fine. <laughs> Let's go get that park. <laughs> that park is my dream. I'm not going to let it slip away. Who cares if Grizzle and Ron have more money? I have the most valuable currency in America. A blind, stubborn belief that what I am doing is 100% right. Rabber. Weird. Ken Hotate. Great bolo tie. Is that new? Why, yes, it is. My son sells them on Etsy. He is a huge disappointment. <laughs> well, now that we're chatting, the National Park Service is looking to buy the Newport land, but we're a little short on the funds. How short? $88 million. What do you say you put some of that casino money to good use? You know, we have been considering opening a second resort. No, it would be a donation. The government would keep the land. So you would like the Wamapoke people to pay the federal government millions of dollars to buy land that was stolen from us by the federal government? and we don't even get to keep the land. Well, when you put it like that, I see the irony. So, are you in? No? What if I buy some of your disappointing son's bolo ties? Damn it. Uh, I, I don't understand. She was willing to buy the bolo ties. What's wrong? I know. That's, a, that's an exchange. For $88 million worth the bolo ties. That's a lot of ties. I mean, they're nice. Yeah, I, I, I would like one. I don't. I might I pay $8.80. He is a huge disappointment. <laughs> Well, still at the gala, April and Andy have now shown up and begun their efforts to prove to everyone, but probably mostly to themselves, that they still have what it takes to be spontaneous. Yeah, we're still at the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala, just at another location within it because it's pretty big. And we see April and Andy, as you mentioned, they arrive and they're just they're just bursting at the seams to do something spontaneous and weird. So the good news is they keep on coming up with ideas of what they can do. The bad news is they keep on torpedoing their own ideas with commentary on why it may not go the way that they think. Mm. Poor April and Andy. They're not making it easy for themselves. Well, no. I mean, like, so he tries to take off the sling and yep. his shoulder comes out of the socket. They decide to do shots because wine makes April <laughs> sleepy. Yep. Been there. And then she goes, he wants to like just eat a whole jar of olives, yeah. but he has to take a Zantac first. Yeah. I mean, getting old does suck, right? It does. It's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. But just take a Zantac and it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You feel better. Should he go on and take it? Yeah, yeah you always, should. You no, really should. Always makes him feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, elsewhere at the gala, Leslie is recruiting as many of the old gang as she can to assist her in her project to steamroll Ron. However, not everyone is ready to board the Leslie Express. That's right. Still at the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala, we now see Leslie talking with Donna, Tom, and Jerry 
Apparently, Leslie wants the old team back together for one last mission, but when they realize she's going up against Ron, both Donna and Tom bow out. Not because they don't want to help Leslie, but because they both have uh, ties of some sort to Ron and Grizzle. Ron promised Tom he could build a restaurant on the new Grizzle campus, and Ron hired Regal Meagle Realty to broker the whole deal. The bad news is Leslie is furious at Donna and Tom, but still loves them, of course. Well, sure. Um, the good news is kind of uh, Jerry's all in. So there is that. Yay. Yay? Yeah. Well, he goes by Terry now, first of all. I can't keep track. Well, because there was a guy at National Parks whose name was already Larry. It, it was already, t- yeah, he's already Larry. So yeah. they said, why aren't you be Terry? Yeah. And then he said, well, my name is Gary. They said, who cares? Yeah, and then they were a fun bunch. Just a fun bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's now time for Tom to introduce the man of the year. And it turns out that Ben has nothing to worry about because Tom is quick and efficient and totally stays on point. Weird. Yeah. So it's now a little later at the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala, and we see Tom is up on stage getting ready to address the audience. Robonstantine? Play the clip, please. Good evening, and welcome to the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala. Not long ago, this town was barely on the map. Unless you're talking about a map of the cities with the most obese pets. (laughs) (laughs) But then, one great man came along and he lifted all of us up. Don't do it. And that man was me. You did it. Tom Haverford, owner and proprietor of the effortlessly chic, celebrity-packed Italian restaurant, Tom's Bistro. And several other establishments. Ron, how could you? I simply took a skewer for one shrimp and added many shrimp to it. The long enough for five or six. First you tried to steal my park, and now you steal my team? I didn't steal them. They're independent people who have moved on to better things just like you did. They can wrap shrimp. If it's seven on this one, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Why don't you shove them all in your dumb mouth, and then when I turn around, you can stab me in the back with the skewer. People come up to me and they say things like, Tom, given all that you've accomplished, is it hard to stay humble? And I say, not for me. I'm pretty amazing at being humble. <laughs> but enough about me. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Pawnee's Man of the Year 2017, Mr. Ben Wyatt. I know. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and thank you to Tom for that moving tribute to you. <laughs> and thank you to the Boys and Girls Club for the incredibly lifelike paper mache oh. statue. Uh, you know, when I first moved here, I, oh, uh, I guess it's time for cake. Okay, great, perfect timing. <laughs> oh, oh, how about this? Wow, wow. Uh, poor Ben. Poor Ben. And, and I gotta say that paper mache statue—that's something that we used to refer to as nightmare, nightmare fuel. fuel. Yeah, yep. totally. Yeah, I, re- I remember once my 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 nephew made a Christmas card. I think I brought it to work and yes. showed it to you. That's that nightmare clown, fuel for me. That's horrifying. He had like 150 teeth. And they're all like needle sharp. They were needle like sharp. Like it's a piranha clown. Why he thought that was a delightful Christmas card, I still don't know to this day. He's actually getting married next month. He was just like a little boy that 10 minutes ago. So, wow. Yeah. Stop the train. I wonder if he thought that each tooth represented love. That's it. Because then that would be really sweet. It would. Lots of And love. horrifying, <laughs> but sweet. 
<laughs> that would at least explain it. Yeah. Well, Mark, as we prepare for the cake, across the ballroom, Andy and April continue to brainstorm juvenile ideas to prove to everyone, but especially themselves, that they're really not as boring as they feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's a challenge. Good luck. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the cake music that sadly interrupted Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben's he got played everything. off. Yeah. He's like, da, 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 cake. And like, oh, I guess I'm done now. So the cake music continues to play. And we see April and Andy, they're still, uh, they're sitting together at a table and they're still continuing to brainstorm about what crazy, uh, spontaneous thing they could do. And after dismissing some ideas involving uh, stink bombs or a jewelry heist of some sort, Andy comes up with the master plan. He's He's going to streak naked across the stage. Easy. Well, there's no way this could go wrong. No. And, you know everyone's going to see his wiener. He says, he says, April, I mean, you've seen it. You know how dumb it looks. And uh-huh. she goes, uh-huh. Yep. Yep. She's just excited because he, he may have stumbled upon something that'll prove something. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know how it helps her necessarily, but I guess by in association, right? Yeah. That's yeah. my husband. The guy with the dumb wiener. Over yeah. There. That's him. We're young. Oh my God. Mm. Well, while we wait on Andy to take off his clothes, the line for the cake is formed and there seems to be more at stake than the cake to people ratio. Right, Milton? <laughs> I mean, Mark? The lots of cake. The, 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 the cake is getting handed down. Yeah, we're still at the Pawnee Bicentennial Gala and we cut to Leslie and Ron. They're standing next to each other in a line of people um, holding candles. And I think that the thought Open is flames, one by one, everybody <laughs> in the line makes their way to the cake, places the candle on the cake uh, and then moves on. That's what's supposed to happen. That's what's supposed to happen. That's well, what, what does happen. Well, that's the, the people ahead of them. That's what they do. Cause sure. they're doing what Civil. they need to do. Yeah. But while waiting in line, standing next to Ron, Leslie once again, confronts him. And Ron finally calls Leslie out saying, you know what? Maybe you're still upset about, Morning Star. How dare you? Yeah, and to say the least, Leslie does not react well to the mention of Morning Star. No. So she throws her candle down, blap, and she starts tussling with Ron to trying to steal his candle because you that's don't what, even deserve that candle. Yeah, you steal yeah. my team, I steal your candle. That that's logic. <laughs> I, I know makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. So th- one thing leads to another, and they're tussling, and they both fall face first into the cake. Womp womp. And womp, then womp. they also kinda set paper mache bed on fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, at least the, the horror, you know, the nightmare fuel of Ben's paper mache, uh, you know, homage or homage, whatever you say there. Yeah. homage. It, it, it's burned. Yeah. 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 I can sleep better tonight. The nightmare fuel increased temporarily and then it died down yeah. once it went to ash. It was a little scarier on fire for a minute to Leslie's credit they could have resolved some things or resumed things at least if they had just had a backup cake. Well, that's true. They did not. Which is just dumb. It's just dumb. Just dumb. Who doesn't make a backup cake? And you know, my favorite part at the end of the scene, the camera zooms over to pans over to oh, April, and, April Andy, and Andy. Yeah. And they're like, wow, Leslie's crazier than we are. Yeah. They're feeling kind of bad. Like yeah. they're the young ones. Damn it. They yeah. should be doing this. Right. And then the, the, the Andy says, well, they're going to still serve that cake. Right. Which is funny <laughs> enough. The camera pans, pans out. Down. Andy's bottomless. His dumb wieners <laughs> just hanging out. Uh, I mean, pixelated. But yeah, it's dumb. You can it's tell. It's still dumb. Even you can pixelated. tell through the pixels. Even pixelated <laughs> is dumb. <laughs> well, Mark, the following day at Trevor Nelson's law office, which has the worst acronym ever, 
Uh, Leslie is waiting for her turn to make her case for the national parks when she sees that Jessica, Grizzle, and Ron and his team apparently had a pretty good meeting of their own. That's right. I think it's now the next day, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. And we cut to the law office of Far Dips, Windshare, Grit, Babit, Pakota, Vorp, and Extine, which <laughs> which has the acronym of Fadalgipivi. I, I don't oh know. my God, you actually did pretty good with that. I couldn't even. It wasn't bad. Fagal de Pivy. Yeah. All right. Why not? Yeah. Why not? We get so, into Tref Cab. <laughs> <laughs> We're lousy with acronyms sure, over we here. Really are, yeah. So we see Leslie waiting in the lobby of Forgive Pivy uh, for her turn to meet with Jessica Wicks and lawyer Trevor Nelson. And then we see Tom, Ron, Tom, and Mike Bean, one of the co owners or co founders of uh, Grizzle, exit the conference room with. Jessica Wicks and Trevor, the lawyer, apparently just finishing up their meeting um, after a brief but ineffectual exchange with Leslie. We see Ron leave with Mike Bean, who I think just wants him to watch him play video games quietly. Which yeah, I thought was hilarious. That's brilliant. Been there, done that. Yeah. While Tana, Tana, Tom and Donna, <laughs> new character, oh, new character. While Tom and Donna go off to get petties, pedicures it. for those of you who aren't. Yeah. Now. In the know. Right? Yeah. Leslie watches them go, and then she looks down at a document in her hand from the United States Department of the Interior National Park Service, bidding $3.2 million on the Newport Family Trust and Land Parcel. Leslie sighs. She knows there's no way that she can go toe-to-toe financially with Grizzle. No, not going to happen. Yeah. But she did at least come up with another $1.2 million like in a day. That's pretty impressive. That's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. So I, I was impressed by that. I also love too relevant to our, you know, our future theme, you know, uh, Mike Bean hands Jessica uh, like a tablet, a prototype. It's a, here, it's a gift. <laughs> and she says, I just love it. And it goes, thank you, Jessica. I love you too. I love your skin. Give me your skin. <laughs> don't, hey, uh-huh. don't listen, yeah. Robonstantine. I was this, a little worried about that. This is the fictitious show. Yeah. You don't really... Get all mean like that, okay? That I'm a little worried. I, I'm going to sleep with one eye open tonight. I mean, you need to because you sleep here at the studios. Oh, I'll be safely at home. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to power them down twice. Yeah. Well, we come in tomorrow and you're not here. We'll know why. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if robots eat people. We'll find out. I always assume they did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the good ones do. Yeah. Well, across town, April and Andy are running an errand and wind up on the wrong side of the tracks when they are inspired to check out some local real estate. Yeah, we now cut to April and Andy, and they're driving through the streets of Pawnee, and they're running some errands, such as dropping off the renter's insurance forms, buying groceries, you know, the typical stuff that old boring people do. So at some point, they look up and realize they're driving through the very creepy uh, Pawnee Warehouse District, which is <laughs> yeah. apparently compromised mostly of raccoons and old car ba- batteries. Yeah. Is this, in all seriousness, is that the district that's run by Sexy Dexy? I, I think it is because Leslie has mentioned something that sounded a lot like that before. I can't remember exactly, but I agree. Oh, I know what it was. When she was going to run for, she got kicked off city council. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm going to run again. And I'm going to take out Dexart. Yeah. And Ben's like, you don't live in his you district. You don't even live there. And this is creepy. She's like, we can move there. And he's like, I don't want to live yeah, there because it's creepy. It's yeah. Like shanty town. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Fair enough. So, I remembered something. Woo. Nicely yeah. done. Thank you. You do your job. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> the, they're driving through the district there, the creepy one. And they happen to see, which is apropos, a creepy uh, looking house on the side of the road with signs in the yard that say for sale by owner, open house every day, nine to five. 
April being the macabre April that she is, yes. she is immediately drawn to this creepy, creepy, creepy oh, yeah. house. And Andy's like, meh, all right. <laughs> and so they, they, they pull over, they get out of the car, they stop and take a look. I mean, I could see Wednesday Adams living there. I could totally see that. Yeah. And April. Yeah. Well, Mark, over in the city manager's office, Tom has come to apologize. And we get to hear, along with Ben, what Tom had planned to say before he went off script at the Man of the Year Awards. Yeah, he went rogue is what he did. A little bit rogue, Um, yeah. So we now cut to City Hall, where we see Tom walk into Ben's office to talk to him. Roe Boston team, play the clip, please. What up, player? Just wanted to apologize for my intro running long. But, uh, you know, when it comes to inspirational Will Smith quotes, how are you going to stop at 10? You know, when the Chamber of Commerce asked you to introduce me, I was a little worried you would spend the entire time talking about yourself, which is exactly what you did. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. Truth is, they didn't ask me to introduce you. I asked them if I could do it. I was going to talk about how I owe you so much, and how you stood by me through all my failures, and I stood by you through all your terrible outfits, hmm. but... When I got up there, I got pretty emotional. To make it up to you, I'd like to read you the speech now. I've known a lot of ballers in my day, but no man balls harder than the man I'm about to bring up. He's kind, he's intelligent. <laughs> he's a person I'm deeply proud to call my friend. It's a pretty good speech. <laughs> I mean, it was um, a little sappy, maybe. But... <laughs> I think I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. Oh, what a bromance moment. It was a bromance moment with a lot of tears. A lot of tears. And yet, strangely satisfying. I'm of two minds on Tom, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. All right. Yeah. Well, back at the law offices of Leslie, it's Leslie's turn to pitch Jessica and her legal team. And we get to hear Leslie's pitch, which will clearly be an uphill battle. Right. Back to the law office of Fidal Give Pivy. That's Um, That's what I meant to say. Leslie is now meeting with Jessica Wicks and lawyer Trevor Nelson about the new Portland parcel. Apparently, Leslie has decided to take a different approach. She slides an envelope across to Jessica and Trevor. Jessica opens it to find a single piece of paper with a big zero. Or an well, O. Or could be an O. Or it's a circle. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. No, I shouldn't be. assume. When a confused Jessica looks up at her, because it, maybe it's Oprah. It's Oprah. I don't know. It could be Oprah. But Le- Leslie explains, Pawnee is celebrating its 200th anniversary, and the Newport family has been here since day one. Through feast and famine, transformation, upheaval, celebration... The Newport family is part of the fabric of this town and Mm. not always in a good way. Mm. If you donate this land and you let me turn it into a national park, the Newport National Park, Mm. your name will stand for something good for generations to come. And Jessica and Trevor look skeptical, but Leslie asked them to at least just keep me in the running. Mm -hmm. So she has a chance to prove how great this could be. Mm -hmm. And Leslie leaves and we see Jessica and Trevor sitting there looking contemplative i thought it was interesting because if you watch jessica's reaction which was excellent you know she's thinking about this a little bit i mean leslie you can appeal to jessica two ways right her purse or her ego and this is to her ego so it's a somewhat smart move but it's a it's a long shot it it is the first time leslie approached jessica jessica clearly politely but firmly blew her off this time she didn't she sold it a little better this time too leslie did Yes, she did. Yeah. 
I, I think that's true. Good point. Yeah. Well, we now head back over to the warehouse district where we get a look inside of what just may be Andy and April's dream home. I mean, mostly April's, but yeah, that one. Yeah, I think Andy's okay with yeah, it. Yeah, sure, why not? We now cut back to the creepy, creepy, creepy Pawnee Warehouse District where April and Andy are now talking to a creepy, creepy, creepy old guy named Keg Jeggings. Yeah. Fun with names. Apparently the current owner of the house. Yeah. <clears throat> Real Boston team? Play the clip, please. It says here there are 12 closets. Three bomb shelters, five dumb waiters, two and three-eighths baths, no kitchens. It's <laughs> a so fairly standard layout. Cool, is that a staircase to nowhere? Yes, it is. Good eye. What was this place? Remember the Pawnee Dollhead Factory? This was a dollhead factory? No, this was a holding cell for people who went insane on the assembly line. <laughs> What's behind this door? <gasps> a fire pole. So this place has had zero offers? People seem to be scared off on account of it being haunted and disgusting. <laughs> After 47 years living here, I decided to move to Orlando to be closer to Disney World. <laughs> we are responsible adults. Uh, you know what that means. I know. We have money and we are going to buy the out of this house. Seriously? Yes. Who needs rental insurance? We're gonna live here. Uh, okay. <laughs> no. Now, see, that's classic April and Andy. It, it, what, making out on the table in front of somebody? Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they, they're in sync with each other. They get excited, yep. and then they're just like, we're going to make out horde, regardless of who's yeah, in front of us. Matter. Even creepy, creepy, creepy old guy who's just keg, standing there keg going, Jeggings is keg just, Jeggings is going, oh, what's happening over here? I'm just going to watch this for a minute. Yeah. yeah not not smile, but no. I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, back at Leslie and Ben's, we learn whether or not Leslie's ploy is going to pay off. That's right. So later that day, we cut to Leslie and Ben's house where we see them sitting on the couch together watching a press conference on TV. During the press conference, lawyer Trevor Nelson announces that regarding the bids for the Newport land parcel, the Newport family trust has narrowed the search to two final candidates, the Gristle Corporation and the National Park Service. Yay. So a relieved Leslie finally exhales, realizing that while they still aren't in the clear, at least they're still in the game. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yep. So, and then Leslie says, in the words of Jason Bourne, this is where it started for me. And we learned that apparently there's been a Jason Bourne reboot. Yeah. Starring Kevin James. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Fitting. I, he nailed it. He nailed it. I, want, I would watch that, that reboot. I would totally watch yeah. that. Yeah. Well, finally in our kicker, our two teams collide as Leslie and her entourage crash a meeting with Ron and the Grizzled team at the very good building company. That's right. It's... I don't, I'm assuming it's the next day after that. Cause Feels I think like it. it was kind of the late in the day yeah. during the well, last Well, yeah, cause scene. it was the evening. So now she's all charged up, right? She's charged up the yeah. next day. And so the next day, and we now cut to uh, Ron's office within the very good building and development company where Ron is meeting with Tom, Donna and Grizzle co-owner Mike Bean. And they are about to get some company. Mm. Ro Bonstantine, um, play us out, please. So I'm thinking in addition to the Tom's Bistros, we have a hyper-exclusive lounge area called Tommy's Lounge. Mm. Attention! 
This is war. Oh. Thanks. You guys are going down. And that's all I wanted to say. Except Donna, Tom, hey, um, I'm sorry I haven't kept in better touch with you recently, but I've just, you know, I've been a little preoccupied with my kids and my job. So it's really good to see you both. And also prepare for war. Yeah. Because you chose the wrong side, <laughs> and we are going to smoke you. And also, I make cookies, but Ron is not allowed to eat them. And they say prepare for war on them, but the O in the word for is a heart. Mm. And I ate a lot of them on the way over here because we're at war. Hey, Tom. Hey, man. Hey, buddy, good to see you. How's it going? It's pretty good. Hey, Andy, let's go. <laughs> war. Yeah. Yeah, what she said. Yeah. <laughs> and Ron's mad, but he's going to eat that he's damn gonna cookie. He's going to eat that damn cookie, yeah. yeah. He didn't care. No. No. War. War. That's what you do. You eat the other person's cookie. You know what? I bet he eats around the little heart, though. Yeah. He just leaves it, throws it in the trash. That's what I do. Because oh, you, you know why? Brilliant. War. War. What is it good for? Cookies. Cookies. Fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> Fade to black. So just a, a quick talk yeah. through. Because this is visual, you know, the, the, Leslie comes in, blam, you know, blah, blah, blah. This yeah, is war. Yeah, I peed a little. So she comes in like a house of fire, and she's accompanied by April, Andy, and Jerry. Yeah. Terry, Larry, Gary, Barry. Whatever. Um, and so the battle lines are kind of drawn, where yeah. you have Leslie, April, Andy, and Jerry on the one side, and Ron, Tom, Donna, and Mike Bean, I yeah, guess, on whatever. the other. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. And then Andy, like, hey, it's war. Hi, Tom. And then the, Andy, it's just, you stop it. Use his war. Don't be nice. This is snaps back. Yeah. Yeah. Fade to back. Black. Fade, fade to back. Fade to black. We could fade to the future, too. Uh, you know, based on the theme. This is heavy. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, with that note, right. let's take a quick break, Mark. We'll compare some notes and we'll come back and finish this thing. All right. Let's do it. All right. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you looking for the perfect dessert location? Are you a fan of puns? Well, then, by all means, come on down to Greater Pawnee and visit Cakey J's Cheesecake Facility. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Cakey J's Cheesecake Facility, please note I said facility and not factory, our lawyers tell me this is important for legal reasons, is well known throughout Pawnee and many parts of southern Indiana for having some of the best cheesecake dishes you can find. However, many do not know about the non-cheesecake portion of their vast dessert menu. Here are 10 of their most popular menu items. Number 10. Simply Flantastic. Salted Cajita Chocolate Flan served with coffee. Number 9. Flight of the Crumblebee. A very crispy crumb cake drenched in honey. Number 8. The Plots Thickens. Occupying the sweet spot between cake and pie, this plots is drenched with thick caramel. Number 7. Game of Cones Two ice cream cones with your choice of flavors. The game is which one you will finish first. Number 6. Slice Slice Baby Following the success of Game of Cones, you get two cake slices of your choice. Number 5. I only have pies for you. Similar to Slice Slice Baby, except with pies. Number four, 
S'more some sugar on me. A giant s'more sprinkled liberally with turbinado sugar. Number 3. The Graham Reaper. A series of graham crackers encased in a thick chocolate coating. Number 2. The Grunt for Blue October. The line between cobbler and grunt is a fine one, but there is no dish finer than this blueberry delight. And number one, pan dowdy with a chance of cake balls. Another variation on cobbler, this delicious apple pan dowdy dish is served with three to four small spheres of cake. When you go to Cakey J's Cheesecake Facility, be sure to tell them Ron sent you and they will allow you to order off of their secret menu, which includes my favorite dish, Hog and Daz, a small bowl of ice cream served with a heaping pile of bacon. Mmm. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, um, I got some new Arbucks there. I feel better. I feel oh, re-energized. Uh, good, yeah, good. Clearing out the system. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Let's talk about deleted scenes. We actually had some this week. Been a minute. That's right. We did. Yeah. So this was a standard cut, standard mm -hmm. edition episode. We didn't really mention that, but I, I think we can say it now. And therefore, we had some deleted scenes. In fact, we had about three minutes and 45 seconds of deleted scenes. I, I, I counted five, roughly, depending on how you slice and dice. They were okay. They were okay. I mean, I, I think, you know... There's a little more of April and Andy trying to be wacky. Like they, they tried to steal a valet car and it's actually <laughs> someone they know. And right. uh, uh, they're doing something with live lobsters. It's kind of silly. But, um, and, and there's a little bit of Leslie and Ben parenting we don't get to see in the, yes. the standard edition, which I thought would have been a little nice to see. Um, a little flavor. A little flavor. Yeah. Jean Ralphio is here in a wheelchair, which we don't, right. we don't even have him in the episode <laughs> without it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's Tom's practicing, practicing his pitch, I think, with, yeah. with, with Ralphio there uh, listening. That sounds yeah, right. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, then there's a Leslie talking head about her strategy about getting the old team back together, which we could pretty much live without. We saw it happen anyway. I agree. So. Well, uh, well, why don't we get into tropes first and fun facts then? Like I said, I also got a little new one I want to mention this week. And uh, oh, yeah. let's get that going. Yep. All right. I got a bunch of firsts. Okay. Which is apropos, sure. given the nature of things. Yeah. So well, let's... I had one, so go. <laughs> so here they are. So first episode, season seven. Yeah. Duh. Well, okay. Um, fair. That's we, a... we first learn about the parcel of Newport land yeah. being up for bids. That's true. We learn why Andy had a sling on his arm in the season six finale. Yeah. We learn what Ben's big night was that was mentioned in the season six finale. You're right. We learn that something is going on between Leslie and Ron. We also learn that there is something out there called morning star. Yeah. That Isn't that a, like a weapon ago. as well? A morning star? Yes, yeah, sure is. So there you go. We learn Donna has gone to the private sector, presumably with Regal Meagle Realty. Mm. Um, we learn Tom is definitely in the private sector and has been a smash success with Tom's Bistro and then and other ventures. And Tommy Chopper yeah. and the two fast casual eateries. Um, we are introduced to Ron being in the private sector, yeah. owner of the very good building and development company. Yes. We are first introduced to April and Andy's creepy house in the Pawnee Warehouse District that they eventually by yeah um we are introduced to andy's tv show the johnny karate super awesome musical explosion show complete with mailman barry barry yeah 
And we learn that Donna and Joe will be getting married. She's got a big old ring on. She's got a big old ring on. Yeah. That's all. That's a pretty good list, Mark. It's not bad. I'm impressed. You paid attention. I did. I love it. How about tropes? Did you pay attention there, too? I think you probably did. I paid some attention. All right. What you got? All right. I'm going to. Uh, I got a, a punching bag, Jerry. Oh, my gosh. Or and then Jerry, Gary, Terry, then Larry, Jerry, Barry. Gary, Larry, Terry, yeah. Barry, Gurich, Gingrich. Yeah. All of those. Um, sweet, stupid Andy. You definitely. I think this counts. Andy loves to get naked. I, I love that. That's good. Because yeah. we've had that before. He has been naked at least three times that I can think and of. And Chris Pratt loves to get naked, too. I think he might, yeah. <laughs> um, I had this, and you can argue this if you want. Before, I've said Andy's loyal to Leslie. Yeah. Here's why. Maybe not directly, but I'd like to think that Leslie is a big reason why Andy still works for the National Park Service. When he's got this oh, hit yeah. TV show, yeah. why else would he be yeah. there? I think it's for her. Yeah, I think so, too. Because, I mean, it's probably not about money. Right, yeah. right. Um, I have April is macabre. Yes. Bruh. Um, I have alter egos on account of Johnny Karate. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Tom the Mogul. Tom the Mogul. Yeah. Punching bag Ben, which I think counts here. I think it does count here. I missed that one. Um, woodworking Ron. Yeah. In, in, Cause that's his, his profession now. Yeah. Um, mugs to the camera. <laughs> a bunch. Yeah. Uh, fun with names. Yeah. And finally, Pawnee raccoon infestation. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I missed that one. I, I think I had a couple extra. I had food driven Ron. I mean, all oh, the talk about. Nice. I missed that. Shrimp, bacon wrapped shrimp and yeah. skewers. Masterpiece. I mean, yeah. As a masterpiece, seven shrimp on the same skewer. I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, I had one called Andy is injured because that's a theme too. Yeah. This is at least the third time I think he's been injured in the show. Is that including when he had the cast on yeah. his legs? That's that's equivalent with the times he's been naked. Yeah. I didn't make the connection before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's maybe, true. Maybe there's a correlation. We got to look that up. Um, let's see. You mentioned Morningstar. I had that as a trope here, but you're right. It's really more of a first this week. I think by next episode, it's a trope. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Um, I said, I had this one's interesting. I said, uh, well, you said fun with names, right? I mean, I want to say something about keg jegging. So, so keg is a brand of, of, of this. It's like a plastic block you use to make jig holes to drill screws into. So they're hidden basically in fine woodworking. So I'm just wondering if, if Nick Offerman came up with this name, like, I just want it's, to it's say it's fun with names, but also like a little wink. It's a little bit of a wink. Yeah. If you're on the inside scoop. Yeah. I buy that. Yeah. I had two others. Uh, I had uh, Leslie and X ruin the thing. And here's what I mean by that. I can think of Leslie and Ben and Leslie and Ron having done this before where their emotions get the best of them and everyone else be damned. They have now ruined the event. You know, Leslie's feud with X yes. ruins whatever they're at. Ruins Y. Yes. It's an equation. And, and very time, nice. Yeah. This time it's not the mock you in. It's this man of the year reception and a cake and fire and, you know, effigies. And it's it's bad behavior. You know what? You're right. I just put under happen. Leslie behaving badly would work for me as well. The judges would accept that. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. I like that one. Last one. Jessica is a gold digger. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah let's trade those demo trees for a buttload of cash <laughs> it really is time yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time. she's terrific well mark hey i i think uh oh no hey hold on i got i'm getting ahead of myself well we don't do first of all do we have any goofs or fun facts i got one goof and i, I said see sign of the times i'm coming down do you remember like about i think it's halfway through season six i think i only did this once i'm like 
here's what's aging badly. Well, we now have the opposite issue. Here's what they've projected the future is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And here's how they're wrong. Mm. So tablet and phone holograms did not happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you know, this entire uh, season, uh, you know, seven was filmed in 2014 but was set in 2017. And here's the list of things, right? right? So holographic phones did not come true. The collection of personal information through keywords and via various platforms, you know, to oh, cater yeah. to individuals that came true Big though. Time. Yep. And the uses of television as video calls kind of came true with video conferencing, but it's just not very popular. Like, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, so. I guess you're right, but yeah. Okay. But it's, you know, I, it's still semi-impressive that they got a few things right. You know, you know who and else? And I know in the next episode, they even got more right. So you know who else predicted the use of televisions as video calls? Uh -uh. Back to the Future 2. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. And, that's and that's how Simpsons, Marty McFly got fired. Simpsons did too. Like Simpsons has, yes. I know, my daughter. <laughs> they predict all sorts of stuff. Well, okay, 750 episodes. They're going to be right. Even a clock stopped twice, right? They're going to be right a few hundred times. <laughs> but some of the stuff that Simpsons has predicted, so to speak, is a little bit on the nose and spot scary. On. Yeah. yeah. Somebody has a time machine. Yeah, they got a homework. In addition to us. Well, we clearly we have to, one. We need to confab with them to see how to get our interns back. How about fun facts, Mark? And then we'll get into our scores. Um you know, I, I saw a few on the wide, wide world of web, but I don't really think they're terribly interesting. Like, I think they're ones that we've said before. Like, for example, example, um, we've talked about The Good Place before. Yeah, yeah. Well, Adam Scott, Ben Wyatt, and yeah. uh, Mark Evan Jackson, who plays lawyer Trevor Nelson. Yes. Well, they work together on The Good Place. I mean, that's kind of interesting, that's but we, we've said that before in the past. So it's stuff like that. I don't really have much else to say. I'm sure you'll talk about in your score the excellent list of guest stars, including Werner Herzog, who's a famous director, everything producer, just an interesting dude in general, if you read about him. Well, he mentions that he wants to move to Orlando to be closer to Disney World. Well, who doesn't? Well, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, basically, roughly five years later in 2019, he became associated, he actually appeared on screen again, which he doesn't do very often, but he did in The Mandalorian, wow. which is a Disney property. So kind of fun. Did he play a creepy guy? A little bit. He's pretty good he's at typecast. I mean, he's been typecast. He may have typecasted himself. Very talented, though. Yeah, he's very funny. And, and some of his movies are just amazing. So, all right, Mark, how about our scores? Let's do the thing. How about that score? All right. Episode MVP. You know what? Before I reveal my yeah, yeah. MVP for this episode, yeah. I want to discuss the episode a little bit. All right. Because this is kind of a weird context that we're in. Okay. Yeah. So, Alan, you and I have talked about this before. If season six had been the final season for Parks and Rec, yeah. the supersized season finale would have served, I think, equally well as a series finale. Right. And we scored it as 10. Yeah. Yeah. The time jump that they did at the end was brilliant. Yeah, I think we we're, we're agreed on that. However, I will say that there, there's a difference between introducing a plot point like the time jump as a finale. Wow. For, yeah. for the audience before the show rides off into the sunset and they don't yeah. really need to pursue it at all. Yeah. Versus having some credible yeah. substance behind that plot point that can be explored in the upcoming season. Yeah. So I say this to say 
I think Parks and Rec did a great job fleshing out everybody's future in the year 2017. So in summary, what we have can be encapsulated like this. Leslie is still with her National Park Service job, kicking butt, taking names, now overseeing 1,200 plus people. Right. Apparently, April, Andy, and Jerry, now named Terry, uh, work with Leslie in some capacity at the National Park Service. On the other hand, it appears that Ron, Tom, and Donna are now in the private sector, having left to pursue bigger and better things. And it should be said, not only is there absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I expected it of Tom much sooner. And to say that there is no surprise behind Ron leaving a government job is the understatement of the year. Yeah. So battle lines have been drawn. Yeah. Kind kind of. Pretty much. I think that April, Andy, and Jerry are backing Leslie simply because they work for the National Park Service. I also think that Tom and Donna aren't really anti-Leslie as much as they are pro-moving on with their new careers. Yeah. Right. So this isn't personal for yeah. them. I don't think. Um, in contrast, Ben is really the only one from the old gang who isn't really on one side or the other like he's still working for city hall he's still in his role as pawnee mm-hmm. city manager now push come to shove i'm sure you'll be back leslie well of course but he's not, smart but not really because he's anti-ron it's just that leslie's his wife well right he'll sleep on the couch if he doesn't right right um the mustache shaped couch yeah um in, in the very first scene they make two things very clear so a they are setting up the bidding war for the newport parcel of land right. to be I think this is like this season's driving pit plot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the arc. And then yeah. B, the relationship between Leslie and Ron with that you and I have said, I think from the very beginning is at the heart and soul of this show. Yeah. It appears to be in dire straits at yeah. this point. Yeah. On a seemingly related note, there is something called Morningstar right. that Leslie and Ron seem to react strongly to. And it's clearly the schism, but we don't know what it is. And so this not yeah. only sets up a potentially season-long arc to explore with the Newport land parcel, right. but it also presents us with a bit of a light mystery. What happened between Leslie and Ron and what, pray tell, is Morningstar? Yeah. Right? So having said all of this, oh my God. So my MVP for this episode is Amy Poehler. Okay. As Leslie Nope. And, right. and the reason is the role of Leslie has frequently, and I want to say always, but frequently been yeah. important as the glue yeah. that holds everything together. And I think that that's even more true now that we've experienced this time jump. In my opinion, her perspective and her drive are one of the main things that help to hold together this jump into the future. We also got to see many sides of Leslie in this season premiere. We got to see sweet Leslie, smart Leslie, funny Leslie, manic Leslie, crazy Leslie, like all the Leslie's yeah. are all here. They're all here. And it's it's tough to do something like this where, you know how we will say like, OK, the pilot of a brand new sitcom. Well, you got to spend part of the pilot setting up the universe. I think that happened here. It's not maybe quite to the extent that a pilot has to do it, but it's. Not unlike it. No, they've they've redrawn some lines. They've yes. recast some characters, so to speak, and certainly recast some relationships. And then when you spend that that currency, the time yes. to do that, yep. now you have less time to actually the ha-has yeah. and, and to actually be yeah, funny. Yeah, 21.30. That's all you got. I think they did a decent job here with combining those two. So I was very, right. very impressed. So, And I think Leslie was a big part of that. So that's why I'm giving Amy Poehler okay. my, my MVP. That's fair. I like that. Um, Regarding the B and the C story, they weren't bad. Yeah. I don't think they were bad, but I, I didn't really feel horribly 
invested in them for whatever reason. Mm. Um, I, I wish they had been as tad stronger. Or how about this? I would have liked it if they had either done the Ben Tom story or the April Andy story and fleshed it out more. I, I think mm. I would have liked that. We could have kind of dug into it. Just an A and a B. Not a huge drawback, but it probably prevented me from giving this a higher score than I did. Um, small nitpicks. I was, I was a little torn on Tom's taking over Ben's intro to promote himself. And yet, <clears throat> having said that, I didn't think that it was over the line exactly. And, and I mean, it wasn't good, but I didn't think it was quite over the line. He's definitely done much worse. And I did like <laughs> how Tom and Ben made up sobbing in each other's arms. That with was a romance. I, yeah. I'll take Tom at face value that he has genuine real affection for Ben. And for me, that helps save this. All right. Enough of my rambling onto the crazy Mark rubric. I'm going to give this sucker a four base score. All right. I, I thought the a story was great. Um, it helps to set up the rest of the season. Quite frankly, B and yeah. C story. Eh, they're all right. Yeah. It, it, it lessened. Yeah. A is definitely the strong point. That's true. I'm going to give one entire point for what I thought was a great job by my episode. MVP, Amy Poehler is Leslie. Nope. I felt like she was really the glue that held this together. I'm going to give half a point for a decent use of the comedic bench, along with a decent list of guest stars, including Susan Yeagley as Jessica Wicks, heir to the Newport fortune, um, Werner Herzog as Keg Jeggings, um, the great Mark Evan Jackson as Trevor Nelson. Always love him. Terrific. Uh, the great Jonathan Joss as Ken Hotate. Yes. Um, One more episode for him. Blake Anderson as, as a Grizzle co-founder, Mike Bean. Yeah. Um, Helen Hong, who played uh, interviewer Janet Trungle, who was the one interviewing Tom. Oh, yeah. And finally, in what I think is officially his last appearance, John Hamm as yeah. the idiot Ed who's now hanging out at Subway. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, I, I mentioned at the top, we've got this segment I want to add saying goodbye. Really, it was just John Hamm this week, which is, you know, he's, he's had a recurring role, what, now twice yeah, that's it. So, so that's it's a small thing, but I think all of our other guest stars will be back. Yes, not true. Right. Starting with the next episode. So, yes, yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Um, dot dot dot. So the, the five, a half point for all that silliness that I just said. Um, I'm going to give a full point for what I call the support combo. Yeah, because I know I called out Leslie or Amy rather. I think she did a great job, but I think everyone else did. A, pretty good job too in helping yeah. to kind of flesh out the, yeah. the 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 future universe there so i'm going to give a full point to the support combo uh to ben ron tom donna april andy jerry making 2017 come alive i'm going to give half point for what i call the april andy lost youth combo i did enjoy to mm. an extent seeing the kids april mm. and andy starting to struggle with becoming responsible boring Planning adults their week and yeah it, it wasn't fantastic but there is a little bit there mm -hmm. that i appreciate mm -hmm. i'm gonna get a half point for what i call the ben tom sappy combo mm -hmm. as much as Ch tom choosing himself over ben momentarily irked me i did like seeing tom come to apologize read the original speech as intended and leave both ben and tom sobbing while embracing each other um and it's very rare i think to have tom express any genuine emotion without playing it off like i'm just a playboy yeah you know that was nice yeah um I'm going to give half point for what I call the Leslie Ron conflict combo. As we've said for a while now, Leslie and Ron's relationship is at the heart and soul of the show. And I'm glad they waited for the final season 
to show any serious mm. conflict between them. I'm really, really glad that's the case because they've yeah. had little scraps, but yeah. nothing like this. Sure. To say the least, I'm totally invested in seeing how or if they patch things up. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give one more half point for what I've called before the bookend combo. The cold open was wonderful as what I thought was an effective introduction to 2017, a seamless continuance yeah. of uh, the season six finale. And I love the kicker as well, even if just to showcase that even when at her most angry, her most furious, Leslie can't help but bake cookies for people. Now, granted, the cookies have prepared for war written on them, but the O and four is replaced with a heart. So now I don't know what to think. But it was it was funny. Um, so you add all those crazy mark points up, uh, Alan, or the round table there, and you come up with 8.5 little Sebastians. All right. So as an introduction to the final season, this had both good stuff and bad stuff working for it. There's yeah. a lot of pressure to actually do something with yeah. the very creative time jump into the future. And if they had screwed that up, I think I would have felt quite a backlash mm. towards this episode. Yeah. The good news is I think they did a pretty darn good job. They established where the characters are, what jobs they have, new storylines, and even a mystery with Morningstar. Yeah. All in all, I was very pleased. If the B story, B story or C story had been a little stronger... I could have seen giving this a nine, but I, for, for now, I feel comfortable with 8.5. Um, Alan, that's my review. Rock the scuba. All right. Yeah. So, so I, I won't be too far off of your, your final score there, but I, I think, and some of the same things occurred to me. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself again. MVPs. So I, my co MVPs this week, mm. and I don't think I've ever done a combo like this. So I had Amy Poehler mm. from the cast. And I had Dean Holland directing. I mean, first of all, Interesting. Dean, Dean has done 25 episodes. And I think, you know, if you pay attention to he's what good. a director does, he's very good. Like you and I are both in IT nerds, blah, 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 funny, funny. Okay. But I always say IT is best if you don't even know it's there, right? Like that's success for me. Yeah. I feel like the same thing is true with directing. Like if I don't see it happening, that is a sign of a good director. Excellent point. I agree. And I think this this episode in particular created some potential interesting challenges to overcome visually. And yet, I, again, they just they weren't things that jumped out at me until afterwards. And I thought about it a little bit. I'm like, that was very good. Right. And and he's, you know, the most prolific director. And I know that I think for I'm pretty sure that he won't be my MVP in his last episode. So I want to go on and give him a shout out this week. That's reasonable. Yep. And then Amy, for all the same reasons that you mentioned as well. I mean, that could have gone very badly. Like her character was hard to like at times in some of the same ways that we've talked about before. And yet we were still always on her side. Um, And we've mentioned before that Leslie is a very, I think, a very hard character to write for because you've got to make her funny and feeling and zany, but not too much of any of them because she still has to be relatable. If it's out of balance, it's going to, it's going to feel weird. Yes. And and I think this week they did a good job balancing that. So, you know, hats off to the writers in that regard, for sure. Uh, I'm with you. The A story was definitely by far the strongest. It was really pretty good overall. And I think if it had been the only story, you know, this be a a nine Oh, right. Um, for me, probably, um, the C story but the A story, I think I'm going to give it a little bit of credit because it's certainly foundational to the arc, yes. like you mentioned. And we've we've talked about the ebb and flow of scores where sometimes even with a mid-season, we've had a couple mid-season heights, we'll have a little bit of a nosedive in the next episode, 
where I feel like they're doing a lot, they're giving away a lot mm-hmm. of their scores that would have been easy to like just to get a good score on to build something that's going to help them in future episodes. Maybe some plot momentum. Plot momentum, new arc. I mean, the, the creating this rift between uh, Amy, Amy and, and Nick. They're mad at each other. They're now. mad. Between Ron and, and uh, Leslie. You know, that's a risk. I mean, that's you taking your two, your strongest friendship, your strongest mentorship, and you broke it. Like you threw it on the floor and stepped on it. You know what? It's a risk. You know what I would liken this to? This is going to sound bizarre. Yeah. But when, when Cheers was first on. Yeah. There is a big thing that I think by most of the fans of Cheers are like, well, will Sam and Diane ever? And and it's not just Cheers. I mean, it's, it's not like they invented this, but it's like. There's the, 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 what do you call it, The sexual tension. The will they, won't they, yeah. The will they, won't Moonlighting. they. And yeah. then when they finally do, yeah. there's a temporary payoff. We're like, oh, they did it. And then it's like, now what the hell do you do? Yeah. Show's over. In a similar, but ultimately different fashion. I feel like this is the same sort of thing with Ron and Leslie, yeah. not because they're romantic yeah. with each other, no. but, <laughs> but because I think that it would have ruined the heart and soul of the show had they done this any sooner. Yeah. I think that's true. And, and and yet they've now created a new short runway to play this story out. Yeah. Morning Star. Yeah. So we'll see what that's all about. I felt like the C story was only slightly foundational, you know, with the house and the whole Werner Herzog, which is just I'll give terrific. you that. I mean, I could have given him a co-MVP today. Just his performance is so good. <laughs> um, the B story, eh, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it, to be honest. I mean, I think they could have done a little more or left it out, like you said, and maybe just focused on one of the two, the B or the C. And you probably could have gone either way, honestly. I think they could have easily put off the finding of the house till later. But I, I like kind of what they did with with the kids now being slightly adult. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, if you're of a certain age, kind of remember feeling some of those things for the first time. I agree. So I agree. And I think enough of Park's audience, even the audience today is of that age that, you know, they can relate to that a little bit. So I do like that. I felt like it was good use of the bench. Um, I love the cold open. I love the energy of the cold open because it's frenetic and it's like yes. it picked it's, up it's like literally where we left off. Yeah. Which is great. And, and that's a risk too. I've seen that fail. But I like this one. Mm-hmm. I like that they kept us in the moment. And like, you know, so if, and you waited six months for the payoff. You got to remember that. You know, I, you oh, and yeah. I waited, what, a couple of weeks? They waited six months. Yeah. And we waited six months originally back in 2015. Yep. So um, I like that Tom's a mogul now. I like that they finally gave him the mogul crown. And that he's finally successful. Now I want to see what he does with that. And the first thing he does is he turns out to be Dick Tom for a minute. That pissed me off a little bit, just to be honest. I do like that they redeemed it with, you know, him reading the note and all that. I thought that was the right move. I think it would have balanced better for me if he had done what he did, but just to a slightly lesser degree. I agree with you. But Ben getting played off by the music is pretty funny. I got to say that's that. pretty funny. Yeah. Paper mache Ben catching fire. It, it is that's pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, to wrap it all up, our, our bookends war with a heart. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought overall it was a good episode, not a great episode. I gave it eight little Sebastians. All right. Fair enough. And, and again, I mean, I think it's very, it's very common to have to hit the reset button a little bit to create that building for, for your, for what comes next. And I feel like it's almost mathematically not their fault that they need to do that. 
I would agree. I, I think that, that the B and C story are where there were some slow yeah. moments or it All sagged right, a little bit. Yeah. I really did like the A story a lot. And yeah. I think I actually said something very similar to what you said, which is if the B and C story had been up to the level of the A story, this yeah. would have been a nine or higher for me. Like I like the A story that much, but they weren't. Yeah. Well, that's true. And I think the only way to probably have done that would have been to give in one of those two more time and maybe just full out eliminated the other and gone with the simple AB structure here. Right. Yeah. But, you know, again, not a bad episode and it's a good episode of television. You know, we've said it many times before and we'll quit saying it here in about 10 episodes. You know, Parks and Rec has a very high bar for us. Very high bar. And so an eights, you know, that's pretty good for a lot of shows. Oh, most shows wouldn't even get to a Parks and Rec 8. Yeah, that'd be a 5. But not even six, close. Yeah. On their best days. Two and a half men. I, I wasn't going to say it. Yeah, you weren't going to yeah. say it. I, their lawyers reached out to me over the summer and said, cease and desist. <laughs> cease. Oh, no. <laughs> very nice. Very yeah. nice. Well, nice job on the uh, the breakdown, the score, all the work you put into it, Mark. Thank you for that. I uh, This was a good to come back and start off season seven here. Alan, before we, we end the show, I need to remember to shut Ro Bonstantine oh, off. Oh, please. He, he's a nuclear I, I don't want to see you dead in the morning. Look, he's got a button on there, and it's very similar to the do not push. Yeah, the but, do not delete button. Yeah, but I, 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 think, I think we need to shut him down. Otherwise, I can't sleep here at night. I don't no, feel comfortable. No, I, I wouldn't be able to so, sleep. Let me try this. All right. Ro Bonstantine, see you, buddy. All right. Well, I hope that does it. I mean, he's not glowing or anything, so I'm I'm he, assuming he stopped moving. Oh, look, he just went into screensaver mode. Oh, there right, it is. We're fine. Nice. Yeah. Look, I like the little Windows logo bouncing in all the corners. I, even now, yeah. even in the future, Windows, doggone it. <laughs> yeah, the Windows Future Operating System, WFS. Yep. Yeah. Catch the With fever. us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enough of that. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Go out on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We always appreciate that. And we could uh, use your help here at, at, the, at the end of the thing. That's right. As we wrap this up and uh, we'd love to hear from you one way or another. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us. Well, Mark, as we prepare for the cake across the ballroom, Andy and April. <laughs> A pop-up came up over my text. I couldn't read it. Damn it. It's not even bad text this time. <laughs>